Hey everyone, welcome to the Going in Circles Big Monday Show. My name is Charles Simon, I am the host of the Going in Circles Podcast Network and the co-host of the Big Monday Show with my man Mr. Barry Spears, the sniper. The sniper will be with us in just a, a few minutes. We had a big weekend of racing, a lot of stakes all over the place, uh, three huge derby preps, 100 pointers, some... Uh, unsettling results <laughs> to say the least one race was very formful the other two were a little bit out there um we had quite a few undercard stakes not a lot of great races to be honest with you a lot of big favorites and short fields but um we'll talk about that we'll talk about a bunch of other things hidden scroll the controversy continues has there been a horse in modern times who has been involved in more controversy than poor Hidden Scroll. I mean, it's just never, it's always something. It's never quiet with him. Anyways, we will be talking about all that and more when we come back in just one minute. Uh, again, Thank you for tuning in and hope the show at least entertains. See you in a minute. Hey everyone, I want to talk to you about BRL Equine. BRL Equine is a company that would be considered by most the premier equine supplement company in horse racing. They spent a lot of money, millions, on, on research and development before they put these products out. This is not uh, a fly-by-night organization just tossing some couple things together and, and throwing it out there. The, they use FDA-supervised facilities. What they say is in the products is actually in the products. Nothing illegal, nothing illicit. It's perfectly legal, and it's beneficial for your horse's health. They have a new product called Flexify that's been only uh, out on the market for, I think, about six weeks. And the early returns are great. I know a lot of trainers that have given me feedback, and these are guys that are going to tell me the truth. Um, there's a million supplements out there, a lot of things that people have tried that haven't really been effective. And so far, everyone seems to really believe that Flexify HA is, is, a, is a really excellent uh, supplement to help the horse's joints. Contact my friend Joe Vellante at 215-501-6880 or get a hold of me at goingincirclespodcast at gmail.com and I will get Joe in touch with you. And uh, if you're lucky, you might even get him for a lunch. But BRL Equine is a really good company, and they have some really, really good supplements. And if you're an owner, ask your trainer. If you're a trainer, give Joe a call. Thanks. Hello, Mr. Spears. Hello, Mr. Simon. What's the deal, man? What's going on? Well, it's Monday. It's really a big Monday today. It's a really big Monday. Monday is large, larger than most. <laughs> Maybe large Monday. 
Grunday Monday. Grunder. Grunder is gone. Unbelievable. Terrible news. Hurt my feelings. Almost as much as Calder really shutting down now. Well, you never know about that situation. Oh, that's encouraging. (laughs) Wasn't expecting that. Uh, Yeah. There's always some X factors involved. I haven't quite probably been sorted out yet, but the definite news of the week was that Mr. Richard Grunder has decided to hang it up at the end of the season, which will make listening to Tampa Bay races awful. It'll make it a completely different um, kind of dynamic, right? I mean, the Grunderisms were, I mean, they, they made it great. Yeah, man, that's crazy. I don't know who they would actually get to do it. Like, who's who's on the bench? They bring well, Beam. They bring Beamy out here, but he hates hot weather. Well, it's not that hot in Tampa in the, in the winter time, dude. We're Floridians. We're okay with that. He's from. Man, he lives in Washington. I was going to say, he's from, like, Tacoma. <laughs> he's, like, from Seattle. He's got that hat, cowboy hat, though. That, that, the cowboy hat is cool. I mean, he'd be a perfect fit, I think, but what do I know? I mean, you know, I, I probably have a rooting interest, but still, I mean, who else is out there? Who else would uh, want that job? There's another X Factor. Another X Factor. Ugh. So you're gonna you're gonna do it? No, I would. <laughs> I, I would make Grunder look like uh, Vin Scully. You kidding? But there is a big Dodger fan out there that that's looking for a maybe an announcing gig, and it's not Gabe Pruitt, who's a big Dodger fan, but he's got My other dad? <laughs> My father? He doesn't call races. Bobby Newman. Oh, he'd be perfect. The great segue of oh man, he'd be great. I didn't even think about that. Man, he'd be be fantastic. You know, I I know he would love a chance to to announce again. Let's get it done, man. It would be great, and he'd be back kind of in the old neighborhood, I guess. Mm. Close enough, Florida, the same state. He lives out in Weston. When I do the show, the HRN show, I, I go out to Weston to his on uh, purpose home studio. Weston is, is is like ten minutes from Tampa. It seems like <laughs> I was gonna say that's a that's a hike, isn't it? I think he has like pythons in his backyard. And it's like it's like the Everglades, Weston. It's like way out there. Jeez, why did I think he was not here anymore? He's a South Floridian. Oh, I know. I, he's, he's by a, way of L.A., which is strange. Yeah, because L.A. and Miami don't mix. Not very well. No, it's weird. Well, Although uh, Shrub made the Shrub made the crossover pretty easily. 
Yeah, that's that's right. People forget Shrupp was a, a Calder guy. He was the Calder guy. The good old days. Right? When racing was fun. When <laughs> racing was fun. It's still fun. It's still fun. Don't I don't want people to get the wrong impression. I, I love it to death. It's still fun. Hey, it's a different there, kind if, of if, fun if, than it was in, you know, let's say 94, 95 ish, even 2000. You know, what's crazy. I was watching a couple races from like 2007. And it was just so much different then than it is now. Yeah. You know, it's always a big weekend this past weekend because you have the the three derby, you know, big prep start, right? And two weeks ago, it started with the Florida Derby. And I'm not, I'm just discounting these other ridiculous 100 point preps like the Turfway race and the stupid UAE Derby and all those races because they're like phony preps. I don't think they're like stupid. But, you know, the Florida Derby had a, has a good car undercard and, of course, uh, a lot of stake races at Aqueduct, Keeneland, and Santa Anita this weekend, right? But I have to be honest the fields were underwhelming in most of those undercard races. Oh, it was awful. I mean, comparatively to, to the, to the Florida Derby, it was, it, there was no comparison. It even, just, even though the, actually the Louisiana Derby card was, was pretty decent, but that was even further away. So. And you know, the handle reflected it. Handle was down at, in both New York and in uh, at Keeneland. Well, a five-horse G1 Carter can't help things. Well, you have that. You, you have the, the, the Bay Shores, a five-horse race. You had three, you had the open to Carter, but three six-horse races. You know, the, well, the, that's that's uh, not talked about enough, I think. Then, I mean, and then, you know, you have in the middle of the card, they had a turf race that had a decent sized field, but it had a two to five shot in the race. <laughs> that you one. Know, you got a $3.65 double and a $4 exact. It's like, that's, you know, and, and I get like you put the race up and, and don't usually know, especially this time of the year when there's so many horses shipping in from so many different places. There's a lot of, a lot of new faces, so you can't, like, and, you know, sometimes, like, when we talk about issues and, and we complain about them, it's not that we're pointing fingers. It's just we're, we're just making, you know, people aware of, of the issues. And, um, you know, most guys who are big players, regular players, or even horsemen, that they're, you know, they, they can open the form and see. I mean, Canada, California had two four-horse races oh. um, this weekend. Two four-horse stake races. And yeah, I, I don't think I'd probably want to race against Gamine if I had a Philly sprinter. But we can make a million excuses. The fact is that there's just too many stake races. And 
we have the same amount of stake races close to it when we have far less um, we have far less horses than we did the full crops are 19,000 and change now and 15 years ago they were 36 38,000 so you have a diminished um, population of horses yet you have the same amount of stakes so uh, and that's not even talking about the you know, like the mega stable, the super stable, you know, the super trainer effect of having so many of the good horses, and of course they're not going to run against themselves often if they don't have to. So a lot of times the horses who would have filled out some of these stake races, the the sixth, seventh, and eighth horse, they they exist in the big trainer stable, but they're just going to save them for an allowance race somewhere or. You know, a, a minor stake uh, somewhere else, and it hurts the cards. I mean, it, it just does. It hurts the cards, and it's hard to like just say that uh, you know this weekend is is the beginning of a trend because it's a trend that's that's been happening. And um, yeah, this is actually the worst I've seen it. I mean, this past weekend with the with the very diminished fields and the stake races was it stood out to me personally. But you know, it's it, it sucks because you know it it limits opportunities, at least from a betting perspective. I mean, some of these races you can completely concede the race to the favorite because there's nobody else. Yeah, uh, that's true, and, and a lot of times, that's how the jockeys are going to ride it because right. there's plenty of money to be second, and nobody wants to be the guy that tried to win it and winds up running last. So they all kind of sit, and it's just uh, it's just not not a good thing, you know. But but that's life, and. Uh, We'll just uh, we'll just continue to talk about it because I don't know what else to do. Well, nobody else is talking about it. That that's how I feel. It doesn't well, seem like you know any other podcast that you listen to or may want to listen to or have listened to. Um, because I spread myself around. I listen to all of them. You're on half of them. Well, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but. Um, yeah, the, nobody's talking about it. Nobody's nobody's I highlighting that as an issue. I mean, I would think that at some point, you know, with all the podcasts out there, and if everybody was highlighting these issues, maybe it could strike a chord with somebody that that's in a decision making capacity to 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 at least a, take a look at something and say, hey, you know, maybe this could be a problem. True. True. But I don't True. hear that. No, I don't. I don't either. And I some of the podcasts, and we're not criticizing people. No, make, no, that's just what they do. And if you have a sponsor that is a um, an industry kind of stalwart, an ADW or a racetrack or uh, a big farm, it's a little bit more difficult for you to be critical because people in this business are so hypersensitive and the hypersensitivity ruins the business. It really does ruins the business because 
it's taken away a lot of um, constructive criticism. And, you know, we need that constructive criticism and people need to listen. And I mean, it took it took me 10 years of complaining and bitching and moaning about super trains before people actually even started to look about. Oh, you're just jealous. No, jerk. I don't want 150 horses. I got no interest in that. But I know one thing, it's screwing the races up and, and it's gotten worse and worse and worse. And racetracks have taken kind of a hands-off approach for whatever reason. And it's it's just, it's hard to talk the issues in this business without people injecting their opinion, often opinions that aren't based by upon anything but conjecture or or nothing. And that's the thing, the Lasix argument. Oh they man, the hot man! I saw Everybody so many Lasix hot takes. Lasix. Oh I'm boy, you, I'm telling you, it—it's it, just most of it's propaganda, and it's bullshit. I, I don't. I still challenge the idea that Lasix is somehow a quote-unquote performance-enhancing thing because I want to know. Show me the data. Show me the data. You tell me how in the last 15 years you could get. Uh, the correct amount of data to show horses and a representative group that aren't on Lasix. There's no way you nobody's give me the two year old, the two year olds and the three year olds. Two year olds naturally get better. They're not, they're not comparable. You can't compare two year old numbers to three year old numbers. Right. There's no. There's no data. No, they weren't keeping track of that. That was the least of the things they were paying attention to. Well, the people who wanted to get rid of Lasix, they did. They they never did any studies on anything. It's complete do as I say, not as I do, blah, blah, blah. And they're the ones that came out with this nonsense about performance enhancing. Performance enhancing medications were things, and this is the general uh, definition for years, was something that was given to a horse to give them an advantage. It was an illicit, illegal medication that gave a particular horse an advantage over the other horses in the race. Not something that every horse on the card gets. Well, what's the, the, I guess, truth behind or not truth behind it being something that, that affects breeding? That's ridiculous. I didn't think so. I, I mean, I, I saw a lot of it, you know, over the past couple of days, especially since you know, the, the imprimis and hidden scroll thing. Um, it's, I was just wondering, I, I've never seen anything that said that, you know, you know, over time Lasix would be something that could affect the breed and, you know, become, and, and have the horses basically become dependent on it. Well, this is the thing is, is horses aren't dependent on anything. And I don't think so. <laughs> it, it, it's a medication. A medication can't doesn't affect. Uh, a med- it's a diuretic. It does not affect the genetic capability of a horse. This, the 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 ridiculous theory that's that's used, and it's a ridiculous theory because remember, they started using Lasix for a reason. Doctor Harthill started using Lasix on horses for a reason because they were bleeding. That was before there was Lasix. This idea that we can blame Lasix for bleeders is stupid. Horses have always bled. The biggest bleeder who has affected the quote-unquote affected the breed is Northern Dancer. 
look at look at pedigrees and go back five, four or five generations. In this country, you almost can't not see Northern Dancer. True. It's too late. It's too late. This idea that we can put a scarlet letter on all breeder, or bleeders and, and, and eliminate them. People don't even know what a bleeder is. They don't know what a bleeder is. The one thing about bleeding is that you don't know when it's going to happen. I've said this before. If my horse has got a little fill in his ankle, guess what? I know something's going on in his ankle. When horses bleed, you don't know what's coming. The healthiest, best horses, they look great. They're doing great. You can take blood tests. You can scope them. You can do everything you want. You can't stop it when it happens. That's well, yeah. I mean, that only makes them late. They bleed through it. know when it's going to happen. And sure, sometimes it's not... Uh, it's it's not a cure. It's not a foolproof thing, but it does help them, and it does lessen the severity when they do bleed. And I mean, these are like givens. These are these are not even debatable topics. Not even debatable really? topics. And the so, thing why would people that, think that? that I, I don't because get they're it. stupid, and they're they're, they're <laughs> no one thinks critically. That's what this business is made of. It's made of knee-jerk reactions and, and, and decisions made because it sounds good. It sounds all oh, that's that kind of, that makes sense to me. So we'll go. No one does the actual research. No one thinks about the, the, the questions. Yes, if we could eliminate all the horses that bleed badly out of the gene pool, then we would do great. But how do you propose we do that? We struggle now to get 20,000 foals born a year. 20,000 is not sustainable in this country. This business shrinks, shrink, shrink. It's been shrinking for 20, 30 years. It's been shrinking. It, there's this idea that this business has expanded or gotten bigger. It's been shrinking. Less races run every year. It's gotten smaller, way smaller. The contraction hasn't helped. What business and what industry contracted itself to huge success? Maybe there's one out there, but I don't know of any offhand. And this is the, the, the problem is, is like theoretical stuff versus reality. In theory, all the owners pay. In theory, all the trainers don't send horses out that, are, that aren't that are, you know, unsound. In theory, all your grooms show up every morning and, and, and work. In theory, nobody ever comes in hungover. In theory, the racetracks are, are, are perfectly groomed every day. In theory, uh, it's all theory. It's one of the things that I, I try to get through people's heads without being obnoxious about it, is that you can't compare us to other sports. No, we don't have salary caps. Everybody in Major League Baseball is a professional baseball player. Every manager is, is a qualified manager. There's good ones and there's bad ones. <clears throat> but they're all eminently qualified. There's like 7,000 trainers, licensed trainers in this country. Maybe 10% of them really know what they're doing. And a lot of people are just small-timers. It's not that they don't know what they're doing, quote-unquote, but they're not professionals at it. They do. There's people that train horses that have other jobs. Or they do it on the side, or it's an exercise rider that, uh, that has a horse or, or you know, something like that. 
The Yankees don't play like, you know, Bob's auto parts uh, every once in a while. You know? (laughs) (laughs) It's just... The generals. The generals. The thing is this, is that when you take away all the rhetoric and all the nonsense, say to yourself, how is this going to benefit our game? And the only thing that the anti-Lasix people can come up with is nebulous bullshit. Oh, people have more confidence in the game. Not true. People will bet more. Not true. People, uh, the animal rights people are against it. Oh, yeah, really? I, I've never seen once an animal rights person carrying around a, a no LASIK sign. And the truth of the matter, and this is the truth, is if you brought me in front of 10 people, 20 people, 100 people, whatever, who don't know anything about horse racing, don't know anything about horses, don't know anything about LASIKs, and you gave me five minutes with them, every single one of them would be an absolutely fervent believer that we should give every horse LASIKs. Because all you would have to say is, well, we have this medication, and one time, you know, when horses overexert themselves, they, they, they have internal hemorrhaging. But we have this medication that stops it, and it really doesn't have any other, other you know, side effects other than maybe dehydrating them a little bit, but, you know, summer dehydrates them as well. So, like, we give it to them, and, 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 it, and it happens way less, and, and it's really beneficial. Who would be against that? Oh, it makes their bones fragile. Based upon what? human resources oh yeah human research human research humans take it every day and guess what most people who take it when humans are are 60 years old or over we have no racehorses that are the equivalent of 60 year old people i hope not maybe pompano might have a couple but um uh mr aiello is over there tonight pulling some races i saw with his dog. Yeah. He's gotten really good at calling out the trotting races. He's smooth, man. Yeah. Seems like it's easier for him. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little, probably a little easier to see him. True. Not not so many uh, moves. But they don't have overflow fields at this point. At the pump. The pump. Yeah, it's, it's just a shame. I, I mean, I saw all kinds of nonsense. I, I was just thinking, you know... If if I didn't if I was new to horse racing in general and you were on Twitter witnessing all this opinion, like what would you think? <laughs> you know, we probably wouldn't know what to think. It was, it'd be a lot of mumbo jumbo. Honestly, but, it, it, it doesn't yeah. matter. Like they're doing these studies, and, and and someone who I respect texted me today about studies they're doing in Kentucky how how the results are going to be all skewed because it's based on the honor system. And, you know, to be honest, basing stuff on the honor system in horse racing is, is like uh, <laughs> good luck. And because bleeding is now like the scarlet letter, we have to slap on the horse's pedigree page. No one wants to admit it. I remember Alan Jerkins told me years and years and years ago, he read something in the form and there was a trainer who in New York who had said something about their horse bleeding. And he said, man, it's almost like they're happy the horse bled. You know, they had an excuse because why didn't run good. He goes, in the old days, he goes, and we didn't want bleeders because we didn't, you know, because he, he, people wouldn't breed to him. And he said it was like a state secret if you had a horse that was a bleeder. No one told anybody. 
Well, that's what, that's what we're going to be back to. And everybody wants more transparency. But when you look at the Santa Anita Derby and you see five horses got to be 20 lengths, some got to be 30, some got to be 50 or 60, you tell me that those horses, you don't think any of them bled? And I get they were long shots. But you really think they're 20, 25 lengths worse than the winner? The thing is this, is Hidden Scroll was two to one. Hidden Scroll is the horse, of course, that just his name alone kind of uh, turn, <laughs> turns. You, you, all you got to do is go on, on horse racing social media and write the name Hidden Scroll. And people will respond because there's so many feelings about it. <laughs> 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 that poor horse is. And listen, a lot of it he brought upon himself by acting like a. Right, winning his first race like that. Him, you know, nutty. But, but I mean, he, he's a, a, a hot button horse. So. The fact that he was the one that, that pulled up with bleeding out of his nostrils, which is which is like severe bleeding. Most horses don't get to that point. And I had a most of the, I, I can't even remember any horses I had that bled out of their nose after the race. I, I know I had a couple. I can't remember particulars. Um, but I can think of a bunch of them that bled at when we got back to the barn. Uh, and that's more mostly when I had claiming horses. So we didn't know. I mean, like you claim a horse, you don't know what they're going, what's going on. I mean, honestly, with Hidden Scroll, someone paid $525,000 for that horse in November. And now he won an allowance race. And now you're going to tell me, well, he can't run in stakes and, and Churchill or Keeneland or Belmont or Saratoga or Del Mar or Santa Anita or Goldstream because he can't get Lasix. So he's like stuck having to run at, at Monmouth. Um, or, or places like that where he can use Lasix. Or is he just stuck like forever because how do you get out of, of that? Um, how do you get out on a horse like that now? Where yeah, do you run rough. them? Where do you run them? That's the thing is once you get through an allowance condition or two, they're just, they're just not any spots to run except for stakes. And that's kind of something that, that's, um, you know, been forced upon um, on, on owners and trainers in the tracks deal with a, a diminishing popular uh, population by um, condensing things. Uh, we don't see two other thans very often. We never see three other thans on the dirt, on the turf occasionally. New York will write some three other thans on the turf. And once in a while in Kentucky. But Cigar ran in a four other than his first race of the year is is. Um, you know, the year he, he was the horse of the year. Four other than eight horse field at Gulfstream Park going a mile Damn. on the 16th and no one scratched. He, the horse had won the Naira Mile by nine the race before. Now it'd be a two horse race or a three horse race. Not that it would ever go, they would never get a, never a four other than to go. But a lot of things in this business are, are um, 
you know, they kind of go hand in hand. And the full crop is getting smaller because we're losing owners. It's not getting smaller because horses are saying, you know, I don't feel like breeding. It's demand is down. <laughs> and no Lasix makes it much more difficult for owners. Much more difficult. Hidden Scroll is a perfect example. What do you do? What do you do? Because say you run this horse back, okay? Now we have everybody, everybody's <clears throat> focused on, on where he runs next, okay? Wherever he runs next, there's going to be uh, a spotlight on him. And I don't envy them at all. Because if the horse runs bad again and he bleeds again, then they're gonna people are gonna call him names. They're gonna say these people are cruel and this and that. Oh yeah. What else can you do with him? Send him to South America? Like I, I just don't know. Send him to Canada. Oh wait, they can't this run is, either. This is one so. of the issues that like no one thought about or no one cared on the on the left. Of this, the the anti-Lasix people. They they actually don't really care. And this guy's going to eat this horse. And then listen, a lot of guys eat horses. They spend a lot of money on. It happens. This one isn't really the horse's fault. You know what I mean? Like if the horse didn't perform, yeah, I mean he he's been okay. Um, you know, I I think like you said, it it, it kind of takes away any kind of chance he has at doing anything. In my opinion, I mean, you know, going to Mammoth, yeah, he'll he'll win, but is that really where you want to be? With a horse that has shown talent. I just it's frustrating because he's and, and what they'll say is Oh, well, this has only happened four times in Kentucky since they did the thing, blah, blah, blah. This only happened four times. The horse's bled on the track where a racing official saw it. Okay? We used to, my colors are red and white. We used to bring a, a red towel to the paddock because our colors are red. But it helped if the horse had a little blood because you could wipe it off. And, and you wouldn't see it. No one's going to actually volunteer. That, that's what the, the guy who texted me today about the Kentucky study. And that they're on the honor system. And, and they're supposed to be turning in if the horse is bled and, and what their severity is. But the fact is, especially with like Phillies, the well-bred Phillies, they're not going to turn that in. They're just not going to do it. They're not going to do it because it's going to devalue the horse. Period. So... Study is, is is just worthless. There was a study done four years ago in the summertime at Gulfstream Park. Every single two-year-old it ran, every single one, was scoped. Dr. Selway did the, did it. It was sponsored by the Jockey Club and, of all people, Zayat. And the results <laughs> have never been released because the results weren't what they wanted. They thought, well, you know, we'll do we'll scope two-year-olds. A lot of them making their first start. Going short, they won't bleed. Guess what? They bleed. They bleed. <laughs> Almost all of them bled at some point, and no one wants to talk about that anymore because people are duped. You, if you're listening to this and you don't know anything about this firsthand, 
you've probably been told things that aren't true or things that have been massaged or half-truths. It just is. And the fact of the matter is, the fact of the matter is, it's ludicrous that we're even arguing or talking about this because there's a freaking law that eliminates Lasix. And it's a federal law. And the only stupid thing in that whole bill that was specified was no race day medication, i.e. no Lasix, because pretty much nowhere else allowed anything but Lasix. That's still like the only specific thing. Like, can you imagine there's a federal bill that just basically bans Lasix? That's it. Oh, it does other things, Chuck. It does other things. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what it does. We'll see. It's all nebulous. And nebulous doesn't work in this business. Things need to be specified. It needs to be exact. I'm frustrated. If you can't tell, I'm frustrated that even after this, this bill has passed into law, we're still talking about it. We're still talking about it. Well, was, because the whole thing was ambiguous from from the jump. There's still they still don't have any kind of clear direction of what they're gonna do, what they're planning on doing. Nothing. They're not gonna do anything. I mean, Barry. they're gonna just let the horsemen suffer. Let the horses, the horsemen, the owners, the trainers—they just don't care. And that's the truth. That's the truth. Integrity has zero to do with Lasix. As a matter of fact. It's a less transparent sport without it. It's less transparent. Everybody saw the Big L in the program. You could feel confident that the horse had gotten Lasix, especially when it was given by third-party vets, when, when there was no, um, you know, no, no private vets allowed into the horse's stall. I think we had spoken to um, or about a horse that was sent over here from overseas. And I think it, it had something to do with the horse being a bleeder. And that's why they sent the horse over. But I mean, at, at that point, you had brought up the, the basically the idea or the fact that people tend to believe that horses overseas do not bleed. And that, that is just not true. Uh, absolutely not true. Horses overseas don't run very much. No, they don't. But I still, to, I, I mean, they, just... They had this Lasix thing in 2014 at Belmont in the summer. I went as a guest of, of NYSA, the Horseman's Organization, because I had written some article, you know, some pieces about Lasix and about how people were just kind of like not understanding and how from a small outfit's point of view, it's another advantage for the big outfits because number one, they have more horses. Number two, they're under less pressure to run the horses because they have so many. Number three, they can do a lot of extras. They can do hyperbaric chamber work. They can um, get uh, more expensive supplements and, and things like that. They can give their horses more time. The small outfits can't. And, I went to this thing. I called it Lasix Palooza, really. <laughs> and there was a guy from oh Michigan God. State, a uh, professor. He, he was really, really excellent. 
He's one of the guys, I believe, who was behind coming up with the nasal strips. And I use nasal strips on all my horses after uh, I heard his presentation in that it was effective, probably, he said, on, on 15% of the horses um, in conjunction with Lasix. Uh, it would help a little bit just on its own, kind of keeping the airway open. And airway obstruction was one of the things that they thought was cause of, 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 of bleeding um, but there was a couple people from overseas the Irish uh, the Irish guy and uh, someone from France Irish horses on average make three starts a year I think the French were like at four and at the time we were at seven we were down to like I think a little under seven but that's a lot, <laughs> you know, that's, that's like half of, of what our horses start. Um, and the two-year-olds have really skewed that because guys used to run two-year-olds a lot earlier in the year. You look at the two-year-old races at Keeneland and essentially they're Wesley Ward and a bunch of guys with $5,000 horses. It, it's, it's nuts. Um, I remember Neil Howard would get the, uh, um, uh, Cock Campbell would get them horses. He guys tune them horses up in the in the, um, South Carolina, and they'd come in and they'd have one work and they'd run them and um, it's um, uh, God, who, oh, Ronnie Werner came up from Texas with a bunch of runners and uh, I mean they were they were Asmussen of course Pletcher used to have have, uh, you know, run in those races. Now, essentially, the only big trainer that runs in those races on a regular basis is Wesley Ward. And um, horses have gotten later and later and later starts. And I think the two-year-old training effect has got something to do with that as well because you have two-year-old training sales in March, April, May, June. And it's hard. Most of those horses can't just go right from those sales directly to regular training and um and be okay you know like most of them need a little bit of time off coming out of those sales so that that has an effect on it as well in that you have a lot of uh, you know really nice horses in those sales and then they might need time off whereas if you had homebred um you probably wouldn't be looking to give your two-year-old time off in in may or june you'd be just starting to crank them up and you know, it's a different philosophy. I think the Derby point system has, has affected that as well with, with the Colts for sure. And there's no money in the early races. There's no, uh, well, there's money, but there's no points. And they're just, uh, I mean, we see, and we've talked about this where, these late preps mean everything and the early preps mean nothing. And Churchill has got to change the system. It's, it's a bad system. It's bad. You're going to have a maiden win the freaking Derby at some point because they're going to come in second and one of the hundred point races and they're going to get in the Derby and they're going to win. It's going to happen. And it doesn't need to happen. Change the system. These should be 75 point races. The early three-year-old races, they should be 25 points. 
make a horse have a, you know, make an incentive for a horse to have a campaign because you're going to get better, stronger horses in the race. This running horses two or three times or running in the Derby, it ain't going to work. You're, you're ruining your horse. Show me, show me horses that have done that, that have gone on and been successful. Curlin? Who else? Curlin. Who else? <laughs> um, that's it? <laughs> like there was all this controversy over helium and and they take off, you know, poor Jose Ferrer. And I, I really I really wish he got to, to, to ride the horse just because I mean the horse is zero shot, but at, at the very least he, he would be able to, you know, have ridden in a derby. He's fifty seven years old and he's in great shape. He's riding like as good as he ever did. But guys like him just don't get that chance that much. But um I mean, the horse is coming in off. He, he, he was all out to hold off um, Hidden Stash, who got who couldn't get by Romberg. Rombauer. Okay, I got to pronounce my poor horse's name. I got, yeah, he, I got he was a few lengths behind Rombauer, too. But um, <laughs> He was a few yeah, lengths behind exactly. Rombauer, so, too. Not, it wasn't like it was a photo. I don't understand this theory about like having easing your horse into the Kentucky Derby. Makes no sense. Well, I mean, the the King Guillermo factor should tell you all you need it to know about that. Sense. It, it just doesn't make any sense unless you're only trying to get in, and that seems like what people want to do. They just want to get in. There's a reason Baffert wins these races, not just because he has good horses, because he trains them hard. I don't know how you got. Honestly, I don't know how you get a horse ready for a mile quarter race, not running them and 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 not breezing them very far. I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of bizarre to me too. I mean, I I don't I don't I don't get it. You know, after King Guillermo should have taught everybody a lesson. Like, what do you what do you do? You opt to sit on the horse and not do anything for months and months, and then try to show up in the derby. Right, and not make it. Same thing with prevalence. It's the same thing with um, what was his name there? Prevalence was injured. I I can give prevalence's name uh, a pass. He he kind of had a little hiccup in training that set him back at the worst possible time. It's it's but their intentions were not to run him to to go from untested six furlong races to big field two turn races. It's hard. It's very, very hard. And very few, uh, very few horses do it. I, I put a, I did a, a special edition Monday version of the going in circles digest today. And, and then one of the things I said was that it's like, you know, prevalence is lesson number 757 on how <laughs> you can't, you shouldn't get tricked into thinking that your maiden winner in February and March is going to be a derby horse because they're not. The only person that can do that is Baffert. He's the only one who's been able to do that. The only one. And he's only did it with one horse. He only did it with one horse. So it's, it's just the dynamics of the race are different. The experience factor. 
horses, especially these horses that are winning on the lead, even the horse that won, even Rock Your World, all right, he, he ran great on, on Saturday. But is he going to get that trip in, in the Kentucky Derby? I don't think so. I don't think so. So now he's going to have to try to do something different. Never had dirt kicked in his face. What if he draws post one? Post two. <laughs> Forget it. Good you night, know, Irene. At least he's had two turn races. There's such a huge difference between a one-turn race and a two-turn race. And the truth of the matter is there's not a lot of horses that can be really successful doing both. There just aren't. There really aren't. And I'm not talking like a one-turn race like Belmont at the mile and eighth at Belmont. But you know, a, a, two, a two-turn race, a sprint versus a, a, a true two-turn race. There's a big difference in it. The distance is, is really, it's not the big, it's just the dynamics of the race are completely different going along. And you, know, you, you just look at the fractional times. And of course, when you look at the fractional times at Aqueduct this this winter, it's hard to make heads or tails of anything because it's so ridiculously slow. As my as my man Craig said, the track was a quagmire. Uh, it's just on Saturday at Aqueduct. Crazy how slow it is. Santa Anita was slow in the beginning of the meet, but it's got back it's to, sped kind, of, up, to kind of normal almost. Maybe not normal like, you know, the old days where it was real fast, but where the times seem to make sense. It's just hard to watch races when they go such slow fractions in, in, in good races. I mean, good horses are going. The Bayshore shaded 126. <laughs> Damn. I remember when Limit Out won the Bayshore. I think he went seven eighths and one twenty and change. I was gonna say it was about one twenty one. Right, I'm sure he <laughs> a was little under that. Lines better than the field here, are. but nah, uh, he, he might have nice been. Source, but he wasn't that good. But um, there's got to be a happy medium. It just seems like it's so super slow. Yeah, I mean that that was my thing, getting those horses away from Santa Anita. It kind of worked a little bit. But we'll see what concert tour does this next weekend. I'm expecting a show, but what do I know? Like I looked at that field that's that's shaping up there and he literally should do the same thing Gamine did, <laughs> except around two turns. I can't believe if they're, they're going to actually race Cata River in that race, they're not going to send him. I can't believe they're not going to send him. Yeah, they can send him all day, but I mean, if you can't keep up, you, can keep up. you know, what are you going to do then? What, what's plan B? He was keeping up the other day. That was, that was, oh, no, man. That, that's all I was. He was instructed not to get in the speed duel that horse. You think that's? I mean, honestly, what what point would it make for them to do that? Take again? back again? Like, no, to to, to actually force. force the I would pace. jam it down his throat. The, the only yeah, shot but you then got. then what? You, you finish, 
the money, <laughs> then then matter. where are you? You're at home. You're watching it on NBC Sports or NBC. If you don't, you have to. I don't know. They, they, I mean, I guess what my thinking is they could basically reserve, maintain, get second, get in the Derby, and then do whatever. I don't think. I don't think. I, I don't. You know, think he can. they don't they just want to get off horses and and forward. Oh, he no. he doesn't seem like he wants to he do that. To he front. wants Listen, to go. At some points, and that's the thing is the races don't always set up like everybody wants them to set up. You know what? If, if no, never is. need to lead horse, you know what you do? You get the lead. It doesn't matter how fast you go. If you go forty-four to the half, you go forty-four to the half, and you hope you can hold on, because the other way you sure ain't gonna do it. He's already proven that. Sounds nuts, but it's True. worked before where horses have gone really fast. Just take no prisoners. The other guy will almost assuredly take back. Almost assuredly. Yeah, it's like playing chicken. One of, one of them is going to exactly. take back, right? Are you running him and letting the other horse run on the lead and taking and letting him fight you the whole way again? That doesn't seem like it would make any sense at all. But but then again, the great one was was supposed to show speed on on Saturday in the Santa Anita Derby, and he was no. <laughs> No, he was not to so be great. bound again. No speed at all. So, ah, well, he didn't break that grade. Blah, 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 blah. Whatever. Just pull up then. <laughs> Just pull up and, <laughs> and trot back and then, you know, find a different race for him. Even that race, it kind of, like, I don't know anyone that outside of maybe Sadler and company that thought they'd be on the lead in there. I don't know why Johnny V didn't let us. I don't think they did either. Medina Spirit <laughs> broke sharp. Well, you know, got I, I wasn't really bit. sure why he wanted that trip. Um, I mean, Pirelli with the blinkers on kind of figured to show speed, but so did the, so did the, the great one figured to show speed. Now they even mentioned it said, you know, we were just going to let him run. We, we tried to rate him last time. It didn't work. And what they try to do, they wound up trying to rate him again. And it didn't work again. I mean, listen, there's some horses that can that can do both. They can take off, and, but horses that fight you when you're trying to rate them, they almost they, they don't finish. They just don't, especially in two turn races. Well, yeah, we we had spoke about that with uh, with Wayburn. Um, yeah, he, he honestly took a, a real stronghold of Wayburn. You watch you watch the first part of the race. And, and and he's got a, a stranglehold on Wayburn, trying not to get into speed duel with the Philly Park hundred to one shot, which is understandable. But he should have let him run a little bit more, and it might not have mattered. But that takes a lot out of a horse when you're when they're fighting like that, especially a horse that's that's coming out of one turn races. That's the thing when you're coming out of one turn races and you're showing speed, then you should definitely show speed in two turn races. Because the pace is slower. <laughs> and this is going back, you know, to, to the aqueduct surface. It looks like it's slow, but it's the same fractions. And it was it was two seconds faster than the Excelsior, which was a really ridiculously slow pace. But who won the horse who was right up on the pace the whole race? And he might have won just because it was a dreadful field. How that race remains a grade three. 
Or the Carter remains a great hmm. one. Tough to say. Tough to say. But man, what happened to the sprinters in the United States? Yeah, I saw some rumblings about a horse that people are really upset that they keep running on the grass. <laughs> and I saw one guy say that uh, this horse would be one of the top five sprinters in the country if they just run the horse on dirt. I mean, the Commonwealth wasn't exactly overflowing with talent. Hidden Scroll was too No, long. no, and, and that's probably right. <laughs> the Carter? I mean, I don't know. Five horses, and, and then the rest were in the Commonwealth, so no there's that. South Florida this winter. No, they well, yeah, well, sort of. I mean, there was a couple of three-year-olds that looked good sprinting, that tried to stretch out and couldn't. Uh, drain the clock. Yeah, drain the clock. Okay, course, but he's not a three-year-old. Right. Collaborate. Who knows where that one's going to show up? Probably in New York somewhere. With Safi. Um, it's just interesting, you know, because it's hard to tell as a better who's calling the shots. Not that we should always be privy to that information, but usually you can kind of tell. Um, but some of the decisions that I don't know that that happened or just kind of mind boggling from a betting standpoint. It's like, well, well why would you rate this horse? <laughs> Whose idea was that? Or, you know, just, just all kinds of curious things that, that have been going on. Oh, there's been an ongoing, I don't know if it's jockeys not following instructions on, ongoing, or um, what have you, but you know, thread of complaints about New York and, the way the jockeys ride there where nobody wants, there's no pace in any of the races, especially the grass races. Like nobody wants to go to the lead. Oh man. The grass races are ridiculous, bro. It's, it's, how do you cure that? I I mean, I know, I mean, I know at least in South Florida, kind of a mid-tier jockey, and I know it's kind of ridiculous to think of me as a jockey, but uh, I, I would be the guy that showed speed all the time. I would be the Just early go. fires yeah. and the, the, try, that, try to steal it. That's me. That... It's hard to, to, It's hard when you're, when you're riding the sixth best horse all the time, but I can tell you this. If you're riding the sixth best horse and the pace is really slow and you've got to outkick the, the five horses better than you, then I'd rather be two lengths ahead of them trying to do it than two lengths behind them. Right. Well, they had to start. I mean, your early <laughs> fires made a career. Isn't that um, a Hall of Fame career out of going to lead? Isn't that how Edwin Gonzalez is making his mark down in, in South Florida right now? I mean, he's getting in position early. Yeah. Yeah. He's done really well. He's showed up and started winning right away. Listen, no matter where you are, winning 33% is, is, you know, a lot of it is getting good horses, of course. 
but um, it's also getting them home where you're doing the right thing with them, winning. And he's doing that. Yes. It, the same clip. <laughs> I didn't want to be so bitter tonight, but. It's hard not to because it's frustrating. I mean, I, I was I was frustrated all weekend, especially with the cards and, you know, three to five shots. And, you know, it was I had to pick my spots. It wasn't like there was so many where I, I didn't have enough to choose from. You know, where it was just too many and I had to really be careful where I put put my money. But uh, this week it was it was almost I was forced to play certain bets in certain situations that um, not not that I was forced, but it only made sense. You know, there was only really one option instead of four or five. Because of the sequence, who was in it. Things like that. No. And that's frustrating from my standpoint because I, I look for value. I can't bet a string of three to five shots. You know, my daughter could do that and win. Right. Trying to hit home runs over here. Ah, just as... Uh... I'm just tired of talking about laces of people that don't know what the hell they're talking about. Yeah, I, I, I you know, I don't, I don't know Listen, enough. I hate myself. Very, I mean, very, I, I a hate lot from you. Like when people say, "Oh, I know," <laughs> and you don't know. But the truth is that they're just repeating stupid stuff. Like, all right, enough already. I, like, why are we talking about this? It's the worst part of why social are we media. About this. Believe whatever you want to believe, but you're believing nonsense. Put it this way. Anything that makes it more difficult for owners financially and makes it the form more difficult and, and creates more questions without a lack of transparency for betters can't possibly be good. Oh, the animal rights people are against Lasix. Come on, man. <laughs> That's the dumbest shit I ever heard. <laughs> Seriously. The, oh, no, no. The animal rights people, they're against horse racing, bro. They, they're against we could the feed them organic carrots he... and, 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 and have them uh, live in uh, uh, pillowy uh, stalls with, um, you know, a butler and maid and, service. And it wouldn't be enough. <laughs> yeah, here we are. We spent an hour talking about Lasix. Happens, man. I mean, it, it was it was literally everywhere. And it's over. Today. It's over. The argument is over. It's a law. What can we do? It's a federal law. Getting a federal law implemented is difficult. Getting a federal law changed is close to impossible. Is yeah. 
And yes, they could change it if the board whatever is who, of people, whoever is going to be on it. But the jockey club has spent 20 years trying to get rid of Lasix, and they ain't changing now. I can tell you that. One thing about them, they're consistent. They're not going to change their minds, no matter how much. If horses started running into the grandstand and, 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 and keeling over. If they, if they spontaneously combusted down the backside. They wouldn't change. Yeah, it's just the way it's going to be. Because it's not about Lasix. It never was. It's about control. And they got it. And if you think that they're they're the the the, the people that are going to lead this business back to um, back to the top, check out the Equibase website. Oh boy. <laughs> Good luck. It hurts my feelings and it gives me anxiety just thinking about going to that website. It works. Never works. You do get bombarded with, uh, Plenty of pop-up ads. <laughs> Every time you click on something. All right. I have a take on the bluegrass. Okay. I'm here for it. It's probably the same as mine because we didn't really talk, talk about this. Right. Give me your so. take on the bluegrass. There was only one thing that stood out to me in that race. Only one. And it was how far the top two were ahead of everybody else. And this is, you know, and I totally disregarded the finish and how they finished. And that's the only thing that stood out to me. Everything else was completely ordinary. <laughs> and I wasn't impressed personally, but that's just me. Well, I can't say that I was surprised that they drew off from the field because they were clearly no. the two best horses. Keep me in mind, is a, he's a fraud of a horse. Man, that horse was bad. Though I tell you, <laughs> he just the, the the trip that he got was was kind of ludicrous. It was an idea. Like, I don't know no, where it definitely going down the backside. Like again, it's like I said before about speed horses. <laughs> you have a dead one run closer. Just sit your trip and then make your run and see and hope it works out. You you, you can't. Well, that's force, what Rombauer did. Uh, I mean, Rombauer got kind of lucky because he kind of slid right to the rail. Everything kind of opened up and he got right to the rail, right behind the two, you know, the two good horses. He was kind of sitting the, the the pocket trip. But um, like you just, when has that move ever worked? Period for anyone, the four except Secretariat and the Preakness. You know, the, the blow-by move on the outside, <laughs> four or five wide uh, on the first turn, then going down the backside, like, like whoa, where are you going? Um, <laughs> but, I mean, it really was uh, – it was so funny because Pletcher had just won the – and run one-two with uh, those kind of horses uh, in the wood. His horse got sober bad. <laughs> Who thought – uh, he was going to be six to one in there. 
Um, he was six to one. I think yes, he floated up a little bit to like eight to one. But man, he should have been twenty five to one. But um, uh, that was the Tampa maiden breaker. Oh yeah, <laughs> I have my doubts about essential quality. You have to. I mean, none of his races have been, at least to me, impressive enough to be like, wow, that horse really looks solid going into the Derby. None of his efforts have really I mean, the, the Southwest race was, one. you know, it was an easy score. Jackie's Warrior. That, kind of, to me, that's know, his best race. Kind of, you know, just crapped out. It was nobody in the race. Spielberg sucked up for second. Then he came back subsequently and got destroyed again after he got destroyed his race before that so i mean yes he won impressively it was sloppy um louis Ayas rode him great louis Ayas is, is really really good it's, it's not a coincidence that that him and rosario won every single stakes that came in this weekend nine out of nine <laughs> out of nine but um i think highly motivated lost the race more than Essential quality won the race. When you watch the race again, essential quality doesn't seem like he's gaining anymore until highly motivated switches back to his left lead, which is most likely a sign that he was tired because it was his first turn to turn race. He's not really used to being on the lead and the fractions weren't like overly fast. But the third quarter, when they when they kind of scooted away, was, and you know his mother was not a two turn horse. She was a sprinter. She had won one stake. It was a uh, kind of a minor stake at Woodbine, going seven ace. She broke her maiden on the turf, going a mile in a maiden claimer race. Uh, Klarevich, I think, owned 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 her too. I think she, he's a homebred, so. He was by Into Mischief, who's, of course, a great stallion. But Into Mischief, they get a little bit suspect past a mile and a 16th. And I think if he hadn't switched leads, he hadn't got tired, I think he, he might have held on in that race. Now, there's no disgrace to losing to him. He's a really good horse. But essential quality always seems to get the break. I mean, in the Breeders' Cup, he got that wicked fast pace. And everybody kind of collapsed, you know, and he ran down. Um, I want to call him Hot Dog Charlie, Hot, Hot Rod Charlie, <laughs> uh, who, who, of course, uh, you know, came back and 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 ran okay in California, then then ran really well in Louisiana Derby. Um, and yeah, it's 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 maybe nitpicking, but the horse always and, and he is he's very versatile. He, he's got enough tactical speed to to, to stay close. He's shown an ability, a propensity to pass horses. Um, he's a really good horse, and, and, and I'm not knocking him from that standpoint. I'm just thinking that in the Kentucky Derby, in a big field, especially a big field full of pretenders, and let's face it, half the field is going to be pretenders this year, jokers, horses that just absolutely <laughs> lucked into qualifying and just really aren't, aren't all that good. Um, and, and <laughs> look at the, the second place finisher the in, in the woods. <laughs> well, no, the first you no, could make a cannot. case for. He's a slow horse. He got lucky. He'll never I, I, win another big race again. 
Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> he ran. It was over. A but I can see how well. somebody could like that horse. I can yeah. see it. You know, I didn't personally, uh, you know, definitely didn't like the horse because I'd, I'd be still screaming if I had him. I but um, he's, he's, not, he's just not. He's not. He's just not any good. Yeah. The, the field. Got, I mean, the, got, the, the race just races, This happens where you get the perfect storm of a, of a really slow track of a bunch of horses stretching out for the first time, hitting the wall. And a horse that ridden not to win. He wasn't ridden to win. Kendrick just he just happened to be in the, the right place at the right to time. The pieces, and it worked. I mean, I'm telling you, I, I would guarantee you, Todd Pletcher, if we put a lie detector test on him and said, if Calumet Farm hadn't pressed you to run in the wood, would you have entered that horse? I, I almost guarantee he would. He would have said no. Oh he yeah, he would say yes. The yeah. horses. Todd reads the sheets. Yeah. He saw on the sheets. He he just gotten beat. The horse who finished eighth in the race, his pace setter, he beat him three or four lengths the race before. He won a maiden fifty to start uh, two starts back. He won a starter allowance race. Again, he's not a bad horse, but just on thoroughbreds, right? The best horses are running ones and twos, threes. He'd run tens. <laughs> so is he going to just make that jump and now he's going to jump up that high and he's going to stay there? Probably not. I hope not. Very, very difficult. Yeah. Not to mention, what you know, is he going to try that same loop the field in a 20 horse race? It's it's a little bit different. Oh. Yeah, a lot different. But I'm, I'm with you with uh, essential quality. Like, you know, what is he going to do in traffic if he has to stop and go around horses or you know, slow up. I mean, he doesn't seem like he has that kind of turn of foot where he can, he has more than one gear. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily call him a grinder, but I don't, I don't know what to make of his, his perfect trips <laughs> because that's what he's got. And to his credit, he's put himself. No, in right, position. right. Right. He's got, he's a really good horse and he's fast. He's not, it's not like he's slow. It's not like he's like, well, you know, he's running slow numbers, but I don't know. I, I feel the same way. Like, there's just something about him that, that says to me when when he gets forced five wide or he gets stuck behind horses, which, of course, you could probably say about everybody. You know, you could probably say that about most horses, but most horses aren't going to be. Yeah, but I mean, he's the favorite. He's. He's the guy, so I mean, right. he's going to take that right. kind of most, scrutiny. Like said, most horses aren't going to be nine uh, five two to one. Like he, he most likely will be. Depending on who wins the Arkansas Derby, if some stranger wins the Arkansas Derby, he might be shorter than that. Because all of a sudden, you say to yourself, "Who, who, who who's going to be the second choice?" I mean, as it stands now, certainly essential quality and concert and concert tour. Let's say concert tour loses. Concert tour is not that fast on the sheets. He ran a five and a four. No, he's not. I mean, it's not slow, but he's not. He's not at the head of the class. So then you'd have to think highly motivated might be second choice. Highly motivated can get him on a court. I really don't. I don't think he can get him on a court. I think that he was at the limit of his um, distance capabilities the other day. I mean, he got an easy lead. 
And it wasn't like a slow lead. And like you said, uh, they, they, they kind of sprinted away from them from the three eights, which normally you wouldn't be asking quite that hard that early. But, it, you know, those guys knew it was a two-horse race at that point. I don't know, man. I, I just think that I've said this all along. This is a really thin group of three-year-olds that the best horses aren't that good. And the ones behind them are, are just, there's, you could throw a blanket over about 15 of them who could jump up on any given day and, 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 um, and beat them. And it still seems like the best horses are in California. Yeah, that that's what it, it certainly is starting to look like, <laughs> even though they're not being, you know, lauded like in years past. I mean, I guess because life is good kind of threw a monkey wrench in Baffert's whole agenda. Right. And, you know, someone was saying to me, they, well, life is good isn't as um, Medina Spirit's not as good as life is good. It's like, I know, but life is good is not racing anymore, so he doesn't have to be as good as life is good. <laughs> right, he doesn't have to be that good. Right. <laughs> uh, and and, and I, he, he ran okay the other day. He kind of... I, I really wish... I, I. It looked like he ran without a plan. That's, that's how I, really I felt about it. You know, usually it's like, all right, we're going to go to the lead. Yeah, we're going to press the pace. Had, it looked like he was kind of, it, it looked like he was kind of indecisive. Maybe the horse was indecisive. I don't know. But it was like, well, what are you, you know, trying to almost, do here? Are you trying like, to, are you trying to save like the they place? Trying, they're riding him to try to make sure he get derby points. Right. He, he that, really, that's he, what he it looked like to me, too. He needed some extra points. Um, you know, he had, uh, he got a couple, you know, you know, he'd run up in, in those, um, in the 10 pointers, you know, you don't get much, many points for, for, for those. And, and then, um, it was a 50 pointer. He ran second in, right. So he, he's, he's, he's still in there. He's got plenty now, but he, he was, if he had finished fourth, it would have been, it'd have been questionable. So. Yeah. I was thinking about that earlier. What if, what if Hozier wins? The Arkansas Derby, then what? Anarchy, man. <laughs> the Derby system, the point system has got to be tweaked. It just has to be. There's just no point. I, I understand the two-year races. You don't want to give a lot of points to horses six, seven, eight months before a race. I get that. That, that makes sense. All right? Okay, that's fine. Of course... They did give the Breeders' Cup Juvenile horse more, which they should because it's the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. So it should carry more weight than those other races. But once the season, the, the, the year turns, once we get, once they turn three, they should be 20-point races. And then the next round should be 40-point races. And then the next round should be 75-point races. And that's it. You make the make the, make the final races more yeah. important. Make current form important, but still give horses a shot to have a campaign where they don't feel like they're they're forced to just run two races. Two race, two races into the Derby is is is, is difficult. It's difficult on the. Well, just think about this: what 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 would have happened if Greatest Honor beat Known Agenda at Aqueduct that day? What was what would the rest of his career look like? 
up to this point. It's true. He, he would have had to take a different a different path. It's funny. He he suddenly is like like going from one of the favorites, to like no, to like to like so not even talked him. about. I think the problem with him is that. He just doesn't want to run in, 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 you know, in behind horses, and it's hard. To, he's uh, that's a hard style to have. It's a hard style to bet on a horse. He's, he's anything but a bomb price that you know is probably going to have to be like eight wide to actually run his race. He's like a what is it? Code of Honor. He's two point yeah. Just wants to finish second. <laughs> Look good early. Can't pass horses now. Probably will be around in the super for sure. What about Hot Rod Charlie? I mean, he his his win in the in the Louisiana Derby looks better and better as time goes by. I mean, I I'm not a big believer in Rock Your World. I think he was he was a. A beneficiary of some some strange tactics, and he ended up on the lead. And he and ran took great. It. If you could go, if, if he, he could, did run good, could, I I don't I can take that away from him. He is going to get that same trip in the Derby. I would say, well, hell, he's got a big shot. But how the hell is he going to get that same trip? They can't all be on the lead. Not it, right? Not if concert tour is going in. He's going. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. Like you said, and then the, the, it's just going to be a lot of traffic problems for other horses getting around horses that shouldn't even be in the race. What about, That's going to be a big issue this year, more than in any fact? other year. I almost forgot about that horse. <laughs> He's going to be a pace factor, right? I would hope so. Who's riding him anyway? Who rode him the other day? I don't know. <laughs> and I was at the race. Oh, wait, I got the program right here. Hold on. I have the program. So, wow, so many pieces of paper. Uh, Johnny V. So you know that's not happening. Maybe they'll put Jose Ferrer on him. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> they put me on him before they put Ferrer on him. No disrespect to Ferrer because he's great. My legs are a little younger. Yeah, I don't know. Who would ride that horse? Tyler G? No. He's got a mount, right? Yeah. Um, interesting. I don't know. Can't get Leperu. He's already committed. I'm trying to think who else Cassie uses. I don't know. 
JJ? He's driving uh, Javier? Rally Rally <laughs> oh, yeah. That's right. Mm. I'm just looking through the program. Junior Alvarado, Paco, <laughs> New. Yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. You'd probably get a Kentucky guy, no? I honestly, I, I don't know. That's really strange. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't even think about that. I, I forgot he was in the, the derby. The suit, to be I mean, honest he with you. Win, but he's, he can be a pace factor. Well, I mean, at least where it stands in my mind right now. There's nobody faster than Concert Tour. At least to the front. I mean, he might not be fast overall, but getting to the lead, I don't see any horses quicker than him. What if he draws post one? Oh, uh, he's done. You can forget about it. He's over. If that happens, it's over. It's, it's going to be interesting, actually, now, now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's, you know, like five or six guys win. So, you know, it's almost like the super jockeys because you got the super trainers, right? And and the guys that ride for them win so much. Who's, uh, who's Florence Rowe going to ride? Mandolin, Mandolin Greg Cox is his name. Mandaloon. I don't know. I know I saw Steve Big put up some info on how Obezos is Obezos can get in. Probably in as of right now. Yeah, there's there's quite a few horses in that have enough points in the top twenty that aren't that won't run. Like Wayburn's not gonna run. I heard the horse who ran second in the UAE Derby wants to run though. Just kind of a joke, but I tell you what, if if there was a time no, to do that's it, this true. is this is the year. That is true. I mean I mean who's good? <laughs> it's like four horses like, right. have, it's have, like done, well... have won more than a stake. You know? There's only a couple of them that have, that have actually won more than a stake. Even Contratore, he's only won one two-turn race. He's only running one, but he's only he's only run three times. And he honestly, he's had it all his own way. He had to run his entry mate down in, in the in the last race in California. American Freedom or whatever his name is, but I mean, he's never had a straw in his path either. Yeah, well, again, 
the best horses out. Life is good is out. And that hurts my feelings because he was the guy. Yeah, it, it changes the entire makeup of the race. Uh, I'm sure the Santa Anita Derby would have had a smaller field. Some of them, those horses probably would have went somewhere else. Is, is Ro- did, it would have did, did, I never heard yeah. anything about Roman Centurion. Like, was there a reason given why he scratched and I missed it? I didn't hear anything. I, I huh. looked and I, and I couldn't really find anything about it. So um, I don't know if he was scratching and maybe shipping. Because he, he originally was going to run in New York. They were going to ship him to the wood. And then they changed their minds, I guess, maybe after Life is Good got hurt and decided to stay out, out, out there. But then he scratched the other day. So I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, this is is going to be a real tough race this year. I mean, tougher than normal because there's so many, you know, like I I don't want to disrespect essential quality. But, I mean, like he's he's had perfect trips every time. And I'm I'm, I'm a big fan of, of what Andy Serling says about perfect trips is just you got to be leery of them when they come back i mean even at the the short price he was on saturday he was clearly superior those two horses were clearly superior than the rest um even on paper so the result was kind of expected but it just didn't it, i guess it, i i i may have gotten um <clears throat> fooled by the 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 eye test you know um where it just didn't look impressive and sometimes you can get caught up in the trap of well it didn't look that great so right. maybe it wasn't when in actuality I, I mean i don't know what the race came back i didn't really study it or anything um as far as how fast it was it didn't seem like it was that great but it's hard to knock when the horse keeps winning. <laughs> you know, it was almost like greatest honor. I mean, you couldn't really knock him until he lost. And now you can't even find him with a telescope on anybody's radar. Yeah. Yeah, it's a wild year. It really is. Well, I'm hoping for some some wild chaos. You know, like I keep some going through the field. Shot. I'm like, well, this horse can't win, and that horse can't win, and this horse can't win, and this horse can't win. Well, some of them's got somebody. They all can't win. Right? I mean, you run the <laughs> race. Someone's going to finish first. Maybe a, another bourbonic result. The bourbonic play. Where it's just. I had to use it, man. <laughs> I, I was saw dying that. To use it. <laughs> I wrote about a that made me chuckle. word uh, essay just so I could use the bourbonic plague as a headline. That's the truth. <laughs> it, was, it was kind of disturbing, though. That, you know, it's so funny that Crunk uh, has been, I guess it's not funny, but Crunk uh, has been talking about a ceiling 
like no matter how you divide the pie up, it seems like these days um, on a year by year basis wind up handling like the same amount of money. <laughs> it just gets div divvied up a little different. Um, like two years ago, two years yeah, ago, 90.3 million was bet uh, on this day um, on the, uh, the Wood Bluegrass Santa Anita Derby day. And then this year, 90.6 was bad. I mean, it was almost identical two years later. Completely different cards, completely different horses. Yeah, you can't think that's no, a good thing. You know what I mean? Who, who no, would think that's a good thing? It's not. I Listen, uh, obviously it's better to be uh, slightly up than down, but but the Aqua but that's not card enough. and the Bluegrass I mean, card were both down over the 2019 versions, there was no 2020 Aqueduct Woodcard. Um, and the July edition of the Bluegrass last year did better than um, this year's. And what surprisingly to me was the 2019 Bluegrass Day did uh, like 26 point something million, and this one did 22. So field sizes were all a little smaller which of course is a factor but but the wood was down uh, was down as well and Santa Anita keeps reporting overall handle for Saturday is 24 and change Crunk has said that it's 22.7 so I go with Crunk hell yeah I mean, he's got nothing to gain by he's by virtually the only the real one number. talking about this. <laughs> virtually the only person in the horse racing stratosphere that has any real grasp of the um, the handle numbers uh, on a global, uh, you know, look the global view of it of, of racing as a whole and not just individual tracks because you know each track is keeping track of their own handle, but they're not looking at it from a overall racing standpoint like he is. He's looking at all the tracks and he's looking at all the handle, um, which is something that really would be more pertinent to people like us that follow that, that look at, you know, the, the industry insiders sh who should be paying attention to the, the, the handle trends uh, in general, not per, per, per specific track because the overall number is going to give you a better idea of the health of, of the business as opposed to a single track who may have uh, a great card or may have a poor card or might have weather or might, you know, uh, a single card can be affected in a lot of different ways. It's hard to affect the entire country's, um, you know, racing. And there was a lot less races run this year than there had been. But the handle is the same, and you say, "Well, that's good." Well, it's good in a way, but a lot of the the, the the gains are at the B level tracks and the C level tracks, which is Crunk has consistently said that um, you know the the B and C level tracks that have done really well have done it at the expense of a lot of the other B and C level tracks that aren't running, like New Mexico, like there's like literally no racing in New Mexico in a year and a half now. They, they're like closed up shop. 
crazy. Yeah, I think we we had spoke about that too briefly about how the, you know, place like Hawthorne <laughs> had so many horses at least yesterday because there aren't really many in that area. There's not there's not much open. left. No, but once Prairie Meadow, no, there's nothing. Canterbury opens. I mean, Arlington opens and uh, Indiana gets going full blast. Uh, then everything will. You know, those horses will kind of disperse, and some of the Oakland horses will show up at different places. And, you know, that Midwest in the in the wintertime, there's just not many racetracks open. So, um, I mean, Arlington is, is this is it. So, Hawthorne's kind of like the last oh. man standing. You got to root for them guys, Jim Miller and, and those guys at Hawthorne. I mean, the Carey family is committed to, to racing, and they're building a casino, and they're going to make a go of it. So it's kind of sad, really, that the, the Illinois, Very sad. Chicago racing in particular. It, it's just hard to believe that, uh, you know, FanDuel bought Fairmont Park. Yeah. So Yeah, I saw some pictures of it today. They're, uh, I, I never in my wildest dreams imagined that Fairmont Park would be in better shape than Arlington Park. unreal especially the facility like man i love arlington park such a great place yeah it really is it's a beautiful track i love being there i was there for a couple years economically it's very very difficult to make it there because everything is chicago prices and uh you know we're not running for huge purses so it, it made it a little bit difficult um, and you know the one thing about the, the, the synthetic track is that synthetic tracks sometimes it seems like people want to assume that turf horses get over it fine or dirt horses can adapt to it fine but there's some horses that just don't like it that much including turf horses and when I was there, I found that I wound up having to run um, a certain percentage of my horses out of town because they weren't really turf horses and they didn't like the synthetic. And uh, it's just a different dynamic than you have to face. It's one of the reasons why I think Gulfstream is nuts to be considering spending a ton of money to put a tapita track in. Like, who wants that? Well, the only reason. <laughs> Is because they just don't want to designate it. It's amazing that turf. no one's complained about that. <laughs> I still don't understand why it's not designated. Just, same thing with Laurel. It, I just find it amazing that no one. They do the same thing. Hey, they're running on the inner turf. They're running outer turf, and they're not designated it. Now, I think they designated it in the charts, but I don't think they designated it in the PPs. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. No, they definitely don't. Not not for Gulfstream and definitely not for Laurel. They don't designate inner and outer. I don't know. I, I don't see why they're so dead set on doing that. Because I don't know anybody really. 
is because nobody's ever complained. If they, I'm sure if if they'll start complaining, that that's something that they'll it change. That's a lot of money, <laughs> you know. They don't change anything else, like the uh, the post time drag. They change that for what a week. The drag. Sometimes they, they need that post time drag. If you look up and you got three races getting ready to go off at the same time, I mean, you don't want them all at the same time, right? Well, I know I that's not why it, they do it. I'm just the devil's advocate. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I know some people that uh, kind of get involved in such things, and there's there's some. <laughs> Some tracks, man, they're just a piece of work. They just like the metal not ones. budge <laughs> as far as being post times or, you know, or, you know, just giving leeway in that regard. And it's, it's, it's hilarious, but sad at the same time. It's like, why would you care so much? It's going to run literally yeah. a minute before you do. It's it's just super petty, and they definitely some of them won't do it for certain tracks. Yeah. <laughs> That's even funnier. Like yeah, we'll move for this track. Summertime, there's so many tracks like on a Saturday but, running, and it just is almost impossible to to keep <clears> off <throat> of everybody. Well, not anymore, actually. <laughs> if you look at the calendars at, at the, the OTBs, not the not not what it used to be. The Pennsylvania Derby's back this year. I don't know. I don't How much? It's not going to be the milli, right? No, I'm it's guessing not going to be million dollars. I don't really know for sure. But they are going to run it. I think if they don't run it two years in a row, I think you lose your grade. That should be automatic. Remember, I was in Kentucky at uh, the Derby Wars tournament for that race. And uh, Frosted won. And it's funny because there was a guy on Twitter who actually worked for... uh, for Derby Wars, and we were in agreement that Frosted only beat bums. He was like the Kevin Garnett of horse racing. Just whooped up on bums. We, we called them Bumalodians. <laughs> beat bums all the time. Like, even as, even as Met Mile, that, that, that field was not stellar at all. And he just clubbed him. Didn't even give him a chance. Well, it looks like Gonzaga's going to lose. I didn't want to hear that. My guy, number two. That's my boy, man. Play with that dude any day. He's nasty. Timmy, yeah. Timmy, right? That's his name? He's going to be excellent in the time. Yeah, he's a beast. He's going to be a great pro. He's going to be a great pro. 
<laughs> no, he's got skills. And you know why he, he he has he has a little bit of handle with him. He can he's pass. He's going to be an excellent player. So I think he's going to be okay in, in the NBA. La Liga. <laughs> <laughs> That's so messed he's up. He's going to be an all pro in the Spanish league. I think I think he's going to be an okay pro. He's not going to be a Luke Kennard. You know, he's better than Aaron Baines. Remember, it took Aaron Baines know, 42 bro. years. Aaron Baines is like 90 years old. The guy had to play for like 49 <laughs> years before he got good enough to. That's like Thanks. Daniel Tice. That guy's. And then you see my boy got waved, man. They traded Austin for him and then Rivers? waved him? Yeah. I think yesterday or today. Man. Austin's going to have to call mom. <laughs> yeah, what's right? up? Right? Like, Yo, to sign me today. You don't even have to play me. I'll carry your bags. That's all he was doing I'll anyway. go get the cupcakes for Embiid. <laughs> Jesus. I like Embiid. You know why I like Embiid? Because, number one, he's not afraid to say anything. Number two, you can just tell, like, he's not staying on any diet that they give him. He just isn't. He's just going to eat. Like, when you're supposed to eat, like, you know, one hamburger, you know he's eating three. Yeah. He's going to eat seven. <laughs> Jeez, the guy can play when, he, when he's not injured. He's nasty. He's he just is. got everything. And, he, and he's not afraid to talk. I like that. I like the guys that talk. I, I don't care what people say. Uh, I, I want them to do. I want. I like when they do a little bit of talking. If, you're, if I was that good, I'd be talking. I'd be. I'd be horrible. Yeah. <laughs> I know one. Thing Wouldn't I would be able to shut you up. Never man. wear what, what Serge Ibaka wore yesterday to that game, and you can tell me that's some some. Uh, uh, where's he from? The Congo? Some some Congo clothes, but he he, he looked like a hell that he looked bro. like a villain on Scooby Doo, man. He had that funny looking hat and that mask and, <laughs> and that, that whatever the hell that thing was. Oh. Yeah, I mean, you know, Russell Westbrook wears some outlandish stuff from time to time, but yeah, I think Russell that Westbrook one took likes the cake. to like, you know, stir things up. I think Ibaka thinks that looked good. I think he was like, Yeah, oh, he definitely like, this is this is what I'm gonna wear to the game today. We're gonna kick the Lakers' ass. They got that white boy, that Caruso. Yo. When that dude played for the Magic, he was a literally no show. He did not show you know up at you all. Watch the Lakers with it. Like he, and, and I, I get, it's like he like, was never okay, here. They don't have LeBron, they don't have Anthony Davis, but they're like a lottery team out of those two guys. <laughs> Seriously, like without those two guys. They'd be drafting Jalen Suggs. Rightfully Such so. Such a difference, man. Such a difference. But I can't say that it makes doesn't make me a little bit happy to see them getting beat. <laughs> I gotta I gotta admit. Like their fans are they're right up there. Boo. 
No way. Nothing. There's no. I mean, I mean, I'm sure I'm gonna catch flack for this, but whatever. Well, no Yankees. There's nothing worse than a Yankees fan. Cowboy fan used to be like that bad, but Cowboy fans followed by Red Sox fans. Dallas Cowboy fans. Red Sox fans are right there. By the last twenty years, (laughs) like they don't even like to admit it. Like yeah, they really doesn't even like to admit he's a cow. He doesn't. He's. Yeah, he changed the subject let, real quick. I asked him at the at the Florida Derby, and he was like, start out "What are you talking about?" And he'll be posting big stars yeah. all over the place. Oh man, it'll be chirping. But no, yeah, the Laker fans—they got a little, they got a little, like your man Gino, a little bit too over the top last year. You can't. You can't judge him. They got the I best player in the world. Good, he's not do? quite the best player yet. I tell you though, I'm I'm going no because LeBron is still the movie. Yeah, the movie. The movie. Space Jam. I'm going to watch it. I don't. Care it looks good, it actually. Yep. You're gonna watch it in the theater. I don't know. Sabria was asking me about that yesterday. Yep. She wants to see it. I guarantee you I watched that movie. Problem is they closed one of the theater right next to me, so we have to venture over by uh, the Speedway. definitely going to watch it. It looks good. I mean, how bad could it be? It can't be worse than the first one. The first one was so long, Oh man! Like it was a good concept with the monsters and all that, and it just got outrageous when his <laughs> arms stretched for like a mile. That's when they lost me. I know, and this is a cartoon, you, you half cartoon, half live action, and, and that's the part that lost me. That's the part that lost me. <laughs> I'm gonna watch it. I can't believe Dog is gonna lose. No, they're what's they're the not, score? I, I haven't even been paying attention. So it's a lot, not that many. <laughs> Maybe I'm just still soured uh, on Baylor from when Dave Bliss I, was. I just still wish there. they had broke out those gaudy, awful uniforms. They you throw the yeah, <laughs> those yeah, like yeah. the neon ones. Once they got on tonight, are like normal uniforms. But uh, Pat Cummings will be happy. Baylor, he went to Baylor, Texas guy. He went to Baylor. He went to Baylor. I didn't imagine that. Huh. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, before before this, all he had was Mike Singletary. Was he there uh, when, when I don't Dave know Bliss that he was there? Involved with Dave Bliss. I hope not. Yeah, that dude's a dick. A nah. And then uh, you know it was it's funny. Um, I I was watching that. I I actually showed my wife that documentary they had about you know that whole situation with uh, what was his name yeah, Patrick yeah. Dennehy and they got killed. They got to kill man. Him. That, <sighs> I don't understand how, how he still has a coaching job. Yeah. 
but he wrote books and did all kinds of stuff, and the guy should be in jail. Like the coach. Sometimes the justice system acts in funny ways. <laughs> That's an understatement. Considering they just legalized marijuana and then kind of expunged everybody's yeah. record in, in New York yeah, City. <laughs> everyone's good now. I don't know what's going on in New York. I Nobody knows what's going on in New York <laughs> until until August. Then they'll know. Because Saratoga's open and then all bets are off. It that by July we won't be able to have fans at Saratoga. Saratoga, it's an outdoor place. Come on, Cuomo, you jerk. Is no, that set nobody in stone knows that there won't be, know, or is it just it's, like... It's like the stewards, you know? Nobody the knows anything, takes, yeah. The, the more likely they're going to take them down. Like, the longer it takes to, to figure this out. Meanwhile, the Texas Rangers had a full stadium of people. Which shocking in, is that the Texas full, Rangers like have literally because they stink. well it's not shocking they're not that it's crazy tomorrow crazy they'll, they'll like be that, 20, but... 200 people at that, that stadium because that that <laughs> team stinks <laughs> gotta get it while they can though. that's CJ's team yeah man I was hoping to do it oh man he's he's a lifer Cowboys Rangers stars. Can't tell him nothing. It's got to be miserable Mavs. liking those teams. Oh, oh, we won't even go there. The Mavericks. They've literally had the same team for 15 years. And got lucky and won a championship. Literally got lucky. If you look at that roster, it's amazing Dirt. they even made it as far as they did. Yeah, Dirk was a beast that year. He, he made was unstoppable. It. And then he kind of fell off. He he got he got a Yeah, he was, was like, like he like has no he had like old man hips after one race and then all of a sudden he just couldn't do his finger legs or Yeah. Just couldn't run anymore. I was hoping we could do a a, a Saratoga version of of Big Monday. In Saratoga at the Spears residence with two E's. We could do that. <laughs> yeah, well, what fun would it be if we were trapped in this in the Spears residence and not able to go to the track because, you know, we would go to the track anyway. Stuff. We rules and fences have not kept us. Out oh, of we find a way. We find a way. No tickets or, or ability to get in. We that doesn't stop us. We blend. Well, we could hit up your boy. Uh, Ken Ramsey, he's got a house right there. <laughs> Presuming he paid for it. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ken, that was a low blow, but it was just too easy. It was funny seeing Wesley Ward in the winter circle the other day with the Ramsey horse. Yeah, that was that was wins, kind of bizarre. Like, hey, let's go down the horse and we'll keep her and transfer out of money over. <laughs> <laughs> New <The> irony. <laughs> the irony. But uh nah, just business, right? 
Right, it's not personal. It is personal that, that, that Nick Bush, famous exercise writer, is challenging us. He's, he's always talking smack, bro. I don't have to dunk on him and just let him know it's real. He's he's curious. Come on, Nick Bush. Yeah, get it together. Get down to South Florida for a couple of days. We'll show you what's up. I'll make that drive. Three-hour drive just to whoop his ass and drive back. You know, he's 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 talking a lot. Oh, man, that's all he does. Every time, every time something basketball comes up. He throws me, you, and Will into the conversation automatically. Like he, he, you know, he talks like he's like Embiid, but half, half. the size, less than half. He's the like size. Kevin Hart's size. <laughs> he put a picture of his uncle. His uncle looks like Jay Crowder ten years from now, and the other guy looks like the 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 <laughs> from Hustle and Flow. <laughs> Yeah, I can't believe you pulled that one out like he was going to beat us. Just run me off a couple of screens. It's all over, dude. I'm not missing. We can't play them, guys. <laughs> yeah, I'd only last probably about eight minutes. Then my lungs yeah, my would burn. My feet hurt already. That might be the only thing he's got over us. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely in better shape. I'll give him that. I mean, this is coming from a guy who was at the Florida Derby having cramps in my feet and torso because I was standing up all day. So there's that. Yeah. <laughs> we ain't quite as young as we used to be. Nah. I had to take my shoes you, you off did the to barefoot drive home. Drive home? I had on socks. Felt good. I mean I, I you know turned on the the cruise, so but still I just didn't have any shoes on. Thought that was taboo. I thought you get a ticket for that. Yeah. Depends yeah, on that's old, old school. <laughs> well, there was nobody on the road, so I was good. Well, that's a rarity. After you get like, after like West Palm Beach, and the road narrows a little bit, there's nobody there. Yeah, it's so funny because a lot of Central Florida, like, there's nothing there. Really, nothing. No man's land. Between no, West Palm no. Beach and Daytona, there's nothing. Like, you, you go by Jupiter, that's like... And then it's like Sebastian, Florida, and Fort, uh, Port St. Lucie. The only thing out there is the Mets. And I don't even think they're yeah, there they're anymore, there. are they? They're still there. Yeah. But it's 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 <laughs> dark. <laughs> Two years ago, was it two years? It might have been three years ago. The big A Stabile was down for a little. I think he was covering one of the Florida Derby one races. So we all went to the baseball game. 
out the, where the Astros play. The Astros and the Nationals share a park. Astros on one side, Nationals on the other. So um, the Astros were playing the Mets, so we got seats. So we were walking out, and uh, Justin Verlander's wife, Kate Upton, is walking up. <laughs> oh, no. He, he asked her for an autograph. <laughs> she about ran. She looked like Carl Lewis. She was running so fast away. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. oh, I would have paid money. To yeah, I said, man, you scared her away. <laughs> I never liked her, anyways. He said. <laughs> and then we went to pop. <laughs> That's such a strange reaction. I mean, I mean, you know, just knowing how those games are, it's not like it's like you know, fifty thousand the people there or anything. It's yeah. right. It might it's have been the giant Mets shirt he had on. <laughs> I feel for the Mets fans. Can't catch a break. They're cursed by Bobby Bonilla. Bobby Bo. Bobby Bo, the horse didn't do so great on the Santa Anita. Nah, he's garbage. The it's nothing. The 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 cool uh, the the classic other baffer. A longer shot. Oh, he was the other. Of course. That always happens. Well, I didn't mean to be so negative tonight, but I'm sick of talking about I had to get it off your chest. I'd rather get it out now than than talk smack on Derby Day. Just forget about it. Yeah, it was it was just forget about prevalent on on social media today. Even on Facebook. When a horse runs up the track and gets beat 38 lengths and no one can figure out why, just, you know why. There's nothing we can do about it. And that's the thing. It's like, it's too late. Like this, this this is, it's too late. You can't do anything. Right. You already made the deal with the devil. Just deal with it and do it the best we can. I don't know what else to do. I just don't know what you do when you're a trainer and you get in that situation. Like, it's a really crappy situation now because the the people that just say, oh, well, you just don't race them or this or that. Well, you know what? Shut up. Just shut up. You know what? Take your car and, and just give it just give it away. Right. Give it away. No, just when your car doesn't away. work. Just take your car and give it to someone else. Because you, it's gotta, you know. That that's your suggestion. Just give the horse away. Just, just stop racing them. No matter how much money, like everybody who owns horses is is, is uh, Wayne Hughes. You know, like, <laughs> oh, if they need it, they shouldn't be racing. Come on. Yeah, that's that's easy to sure, say. It's behind really easy to say when, when. Um, <laughs> And it's not your money. Right. It's, it's like too easy to say when it's not your money. The audacity. Right. If we just keep retiring horses, you know, we'll, we'll be down to two horse steak races. Uh, hurtful. Well, it's just. 
a guy said it today to me. You know, racing, we just make so many knee-jerk reactions. I said, I, I know, you're right. It's true. It's true. And it wasn't a knee-jerk reaction. It, it, it took a long time. The knees got jerked a lot to, to get rid of Lasix. <laughs> and the scary thing that turned the tide was breakdowns. And that's nothing to do with breakdowns. You know, a lot of, lot of tracks, it, it seems like the, that situation has gotten better. But you don't see very much publicity about that. You just don't. Yeah, well, I mean, just in general, with social media, the advent of social media and things like that, it's just negativity sells to a certain degree. It is true. One of the biggest problems... No matter what. The structure of this business, the industry, people always talk about regulation as regulation, regulation. But just having, it's like having eight ships and they're all going in different directions. And then then they all claim to want to get to the same place. That's one of the problems that we've had in that um, we just don't... Uh, the few things that get agreed upon are, are like simple things that don't really matter that much anyways. But uh, I mean, more than anything, like we just need to, to take um, you know, take a, 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 a realistic view of where we're at. And it just doesn't happen so much. So, so much of it, the information that's given and, and the, the things that are done are to massage the numbers. And... That's a really clever way to put it because <laughs> to me it's just, just way like California misleading. Handle should be what's bet on your track. Not what's bet at your track on a different track. That's not your handle. You make you, you make a, a little bit of a of a cutoff of it. But it's not a handled on your bit, track. But... It's handled on a different track. Just because it came from your track, that that's not handled. But that's how California's handling it now, and it's 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 deceptive. And most yes, people don't that's even a great give a shit. I mean, I'll be honest. In, no. People listening to this show probably are are more in tune to um those kind of things than the general racing population. But even so, like, what difference does it make to me or you or anyone if Santa need to handle 22.7 million or 24.5 million? Nothing. It doesn't matter to us individually. But when it's okay for groups and tracks and, and, and to release information that's incorrect um, or it's not what we think it is because they've added or subtracted something to it because they can um, and because there's no real independent media left hardly that's that that's just kind of the first step right you know the first step into okay well we're, we're gonna we're gonna tell them this about that now because well it's deflecting the the, the bigger picture and that shouldn't no. that shouldn't be the case, you know. No, it's hard to it's hard to figure out trends 
and to strategize for the future when you're not dealing with accurate data. I guess that would be the, the thing is that how do you come up with a cognizant plan without accurate data? Isn't your plan going to be flawed? Always got to play the long game. Always. It's just frustrating to me. I know I've said that about five times. It's just frustrating to me that that all this just stuff exists right. and nobody does anything we're just not about doing things right. <laughs> and I, and I'm not talking just about the track, right. the horsemen's organizations, the jockeys guild, the commissions. Don't even get me started on them. Well, it's just, you know, I always think about like this and it's like, well, how do we get to this to place the horsemen for advice? They should say, what do you guys want? What about this? Instead of just doing something and then re- retracting it later because no one wants it. Or no one thought it was a good idea. <laughs> if, if you had the jockeys, we should include them in track surface kind of uh, discussions because they're the ones that are on it. But they never, they never bring them guys in. They never do. I mean, it, it just seems so easy and so logical to do something like that. Like an easy step. That's like the easiest thing you can do. I just think that get input from people that are actually that we doing We need to re-examine stuff. everything in this business. <laughs> everything. You do. Yes, absolutely. And different. Because the old model isn't working and it's not going to work in the future. <laughs> it may have worked in 1970, 75, 80, 85, but, you know, as time goes on, things change, society changes, the business changes. You got to be able to adapt. And it seems like racing is working on a 1960 business model in 2021 and it's just no not honestly working. it's not like 1960 it's it's like a 1995 where, where you 1990 have i was gonna say 90s and all of a sudden it's like you know i mean we screwed it up we, we we looked at it as gravy but now now all the money is bet somewhere else and and uh you know, so i'm thing is, is is a significant portion of your uh, each track's you know business uh, you know you're at a small track a lot of times your people are betting more on 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 the big tracks from your track you know and I just just uh, we need to, to really take a look at different things and be honest take honest views. No, it well, people aren't ready for that, apparently. So it's never going to happen until someone's open to the idea of, you know, accepting uh, constructive criticism and then making adjustments from there. Until that happens, we're going to be stuck in this place where, you know, everybody's going to be like, oh, yeah, everything's fine. Everything's fine. It's like that, that gif with the dog in the, in, in the house that's on fire. 
like, oh yeah, this is fine. Drinking coffee and everything around them is burning. It's it's just until there's someone somewhere out there who's in a in a decision making capacity ready to be brutally honest with how things are going. It's it's never gonna change. A lot of it goes back to what we originally talked about in the first few minutes of the show. There's just an incredible amount of sensitivity on the part of people. Like you can you you can you can listen if, if right, it's if not you, personal though. Had Bob Costas listen to my show, right? He would cut me up eighteen different ways. He would say, Well, you shouldn't have said this, you shouldn't have done this, you, you should have done taken a break, you should have done that. You know, your inflection wasn't right here, you didn't use it. I mean, sure, because you know, he's like a, a legendary broadcaster and I'm a schmuck. And with zero training, I'm just doing what we do. I can barely get on the internet. <laughs> That's why we're delayed starting tonight. You know, technical <laughs> issues. But um I, I get it, you know, I, I I'm certainly not a professional broadcaster. So if you want to be critical of, of the way I do things or the way I say, talk or, or set things up or, you know, meander sometimes, that's fine. And I accept that. And I would try to get better from that. If you said to me, I think we should do this instead of that, I would say, you know what, that makes a lot of sense. Let's try it. And if it doesn't work, well, we can change. But in racing, it's so difficult to just get people to try. It was it was like pulling teeth when uh, I was asked to try to help to come up with a voided claiming rule um, a few years ago at Gulfstream, and it took a couple months actually to do it. Number one, because at the time I had a you know full barn of horses and didn't you know couldn't just spend all my time doing that. But number two was trying to come up with a consensus to talk to other trainers, to other owners and, and um, to find out like what they felt comfortable with. Um, and of course there was always going to be people that didn't agree with it. Um, but, we, uh, you know, I think we came up with a pretty decent rule and then all of a sudden they decided they didn't want to do it anymore. And it was kind of frustrating because it's, well, I spent all this time trying to come up with this rule. And, and it, you know, there's a lot of legalities to it as well. Like, the one thing that people forget, especially when they, they say, well, racists should do this, or they should ban guys, or they should do that. This is America. And people still have a lot of rights. And you can't just do things. Um, there are certain things you can do. Like, the racetrack can tell you, we don't want you here, and they, you have no choice. You, you have to leave. Because it's their private property. But that's a completely different thing for most of, of what we're talking about. And it was difficult to come up with a perfect claiming rule. Because um, you want to protect the horses, number one. You want to protect the owners, number two. And you want to make it where there's not a million voided claims. If a horse runs bad, they don't try to get a claim just because it was a bad claim. Not because there was anything physically wrong with the horse. Or just might have you know gotten a speed duel and stopped, or maybe horses got a breathing problem of some sort, um, or maybe it bleeds, and that, and that's that would be something that that would be would be difficult to to incorporate into a a rule because, um, and this is what you know, not to go back to bleeding, but 
there's so many different degrees. There's so many different degrees. The context matters. So, uh, you know, maybe you would avoid a claim for a horse that bled badly at, like out of its nose on the racetrack where the track vet saw it. Because that horse is going to have to have, you know, a lot of time off too. But you also want to make it fair to the people who are getting the horse claimed off of them in that uh, people shouldn't be able to just take free shots all the time. And then if the horse doesn't run good, then they want to turn him back because that's not how it should work either. And honestly, I'm a big proponent of, of trying to come up with different ways of condition, uh, not conditioning horses, but different conditions um, to classify horses other than claiming. Not that doesn't mean get rid of all claiming, but let's get back to um, straight claimers and have some sort of a system, a handicap system of some sort and combine the two and, and just, you know, like there's a million different ways yeah, to try something. Mix it up. And, uh, you know, we always seem like we wind up arguing on, on the internet about extremes. Oh, we should do this. We should do that. We should get this. We should get that. That's good. This guy should be banned. This guy should be this. That's good. And, and it's, it's hard because most of the most of the issues, no matter what it is, there's a lot of gray area in the middle. A lot of gray area. Uh, there's there's a lot of gray area with the jockey situation. You know, you watch some of the races and you watch the way some of the guys ride, and yeah, you question it. You're like, well, man, what was you didn't see you riding real hard, you know? Uh, of course, you know the Ortiz brothers always get chopped up. Um, you watch some of the races they're in and, and there's good reason a lot of times, and it might not be anything. It might not be anything in a lot of cases, but perception is reality. And that's the problem that racing has never really gotten in, in well, forever, pretty much that perception is reality. And that, if you have leaders of your industry saying that the races are not legit because horses are getting Lasix, well, what would you expect the outsiders to believe? That's their perception. You're, you're making their own, their, you're making their reality for them. That, that's a self-inflicted wound. Right. We, we should be driving that narrative. We should be driving that narrative and say, hey, this is what's going on. This is what's going on. And this is why this happens. Well, it's like the everything else is BS. Hey, you see Tom over there? He doesn't beat his wife anymore. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Same thing. Oh, 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 oh no. We used to lose yeah, our no. horses, but now we don't. Now, now they, they just occasionally bleed out of their nose, and, and you know, it's it's some of it's self-inflicted. We've we've abused gamblers for years. Yes, a lot of it. We we've you know now, now marginalized. Uh, normal, regular size horsemen. Um, I don't mean like fat guys, like, but uh, <laughs> but um, not you know, man. Marginalized the the medium size to small size stables owners and trainers, and jockeys to that point. Look what we've done to the jockeys. We we've given them different sets of rules where where the guys might be riding in three different places in three different days, and and they have three different sets of rules. They have to try to 
riding a horse is, 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 is hard. <laughs> it's not, you know, it's not easy. It's not an easy job. It's a hard job. And now you're going to have three entirely different rules based upon, um, based upon nothing, just making these rules up. They just make them up as right. they go along. Oh, six strikes. Why not seven? Why not five? Six. Why is six the number? Oh, because that's what we came up with. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Did you ask anybody else except yourselves? No. Go to New Jersey. You can carry the whip, but you can't use it. <laughs> Man, that's horrible. <laughs> and, 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 you know, in the Mid-Atlantic, especially when you're dealing with Delaware or Laurel or New Jersey, uh, you know, Monmouth or Parks or West Virginia or New York, a jockey might ride four or five different places and ride under four or five different rules. That's crazy. It's craziness. It's craziness. <laughs> I mean, I just don't, what I don't get is, is how we can see this, you know, and everybody else just kind of looks the other direction. And a acts lot of like times it it's exist. just that it's not that they don't see it. It's just that they're powerless to, to kind of do anything because these kind of changes need to start at the top. And I don't know True. that people at the top are paying any attention or listening. Doesn't seem like it. I don't know. It's hard to even tell how much it's racing matters to a lot of the the people on the top. Nick Churchill, I mean, they love the Derby. <clears throat> no, it's, it's, it's a hard thing. It's a hard thing. And, you know, you have the, the added element of, of, state commissions boy those those people are a doozy i mean a lot of the people who are on these these racing boards they don't know anything about horse racing i mean they, they literally know nothing It'd be like if they put me on like the medical board all right i don't know <laughs> what do you think <laughs> i don't think anything surgery for everybody you guys are even talking about but Well, this has been kind of a downer. We'll bounce back. I feel like Gonzaga's coach. See, that's not even right, man. See, Hubert Davis got the North Carolina job. Yeah, they nice finally got rid of Roy, so... I don't even consider him a former Nick. Funny enough, he's a former UNC Tar Heel. He was a, he was a pretty good player. The Knicks were okay. He, he no, shoot. he was good. He was good. He could shoot. Hubie. He'll probably do fine. He was no Allen Houston, but, you know, nah. we won't even split hairs.
still got my old uh, Allen Houston Knicks jersey, by the way. Or Tennessee. Yep. His dad's up there. Can't even peek. Yeah. Well, it's been a a somber show. True. We'll be all right. Next week we'll be we'll be more upbeat next week. We'll hit it. Right, we'll hit a pick five You'll this hit weekend five. and all's well. <laughs> I think I'm having a moratorium on my gambling. That's I've not a bad so idea bad. this close to Derby, you know. When it's chalk, I, I just can't win. No, I, I don't want to win. That's I mean, I factor that into my play. <laughs> you know, if I'm playing a multi-race bet, if if it comes out all chalk, I'm never going to have it. No, it's... Uh... Like, even if, even if a second choice wins, <laughs> it's... The, you know, I mean, I've done it before where I, you know, up my bet and played chalk and won, yeah. but it's not the same. Yeah, I think I'm going to take a, take a break. A little sabbatical. Sabbatical. <laughs> Who am I kidding? <laughs> it probably. It probably... <laughs> He's like, yeah, Meadowlands. Yeah. Yeah, Friday I was looking at Yonkers tonight. <laughs> I saw that. Let it ride. Just tanked. Didn't even he finish on the board. Away from the gate Out of the money. And sad. I mean, you know, he's he's kind of a brush. Never horse. got into it. Never really brushed. He just kind of. He hasn't been his last two. I mean, he, he had a little bit of a layoff. He he ran good, and now he's, he's a little bit flat. He's a little little flat, but uh, I don't know that he's really a half mile horse either. No, he needs a big track. Yeah, the Borgata series this year is kind of meh, blah. There's not a lot of good horses this year. You know, it's funny the thoroughbreds and the standardbreds for the older horse for the old for the older horses. It's kind of both both breeds are it's kind of thin at the at the at the top of the older horse divisions. Need the weather to get warm and. Everybody My man, Mac and Cheese is That's back. what it is with the harness. He, he can't really I saw that. Death track either. That's great. Mock and Cheese. Mock and yeah, Cheese. Okay. He ran all right today. The fact that, that Let It Ride couldn't get around him in a stretch kind of showed me that that, Mac, that Let It Ride might not quite be where he, where, where he wants to Yeah, be. he needs the wide open running. There's not a whole lot of other races for the horses like that this time of the year. So that's that's you know that that's that's a problem you get when you have those type of horses. You know, there's not a lot of races for them. Not until the fall, anyway. But um, well, I appreciate your time as always. Always uh, a pleasure, my a man. More upbeat. I do. Uh, I would like to hear people's uh, 
view on race and what they see from, from where they sit. I'll be my theme all week trying to get people. Yeah. I like to, I like get some to feedback hear, from like, the what people, people think from various um, parts of the country, various roles that you play, like certainly uh, people who are inside involved with the business might look at it differently than people outside the business. People in, in some areas of Kentucky might be mm-hmm. a little bit more uh, optimistic, I guess, than, than some other areas, but I would really like. Yeah, of course. I they mean, can send it anonymously. We won't, we won't anybody. at gmail.com. Or you can send me a message at Twitter at Cannon Show. Um, you can uh, message Going in Circles, the, the page on Facebook or the Going in Circles group. Um, just request a membership in the group and. It's kind of weird that it doesn't let me send out invites anymore. It's weird. It's so weird how Facebook changes stuff so often. It's, it's like you can't hardly keep up. But um, yeah, I really would like to hear people's feedback. And, and there's no right or wrong. It's not even a question uh, that has an answer. It's it's kind of uh, yeah. What, what do right. you it's think? Stay the what, game what from your like, point, you point of view. Like? Oh. How long have you been involved? I just want to get a lot of people's different feedback. It's for a show that I think we're, we're going to do next Tuesday and uh, talk about that because, you know, people hear our point of view every week and whoever, you know, we quote or whoever we talk to or whoever we have on as a guest for on Tuesday, I mean, they hear their point of view too. So I just think that sometimes we need to hear the point of view of of, of, of other people, of other owners, of people that aren't in our sphere. And it's hard, it, it's funny, it's hard to, sometimes to get people, um, you know, to talk about that for whatever reason. You know, I said, I understand the people inside the business sometimes are a little wary of being critical because um, certainly, well, I mean, not to me because, I mean, what am I going to do to you? Um, you get a little bit right. wary They're about They're tied in, though, some ways some of the people with power in this business kind of like, like, like you to toe the line. And, you know, sometimes you don't want to be at a track criticizing that track because your, your stall lot might, might get a little short, <laughs> but, um, but it's important to, uh, to get that feedback and, and to hear what people have to say. And I think maybe it'll be surprising. I, I, I really don't know what to expect. I don't know what to expect. And I'm sure I'll get, a lot of people from um, the extremes, the people that are like thrilled to death with everything. And then I'm sure we'll get the people that just like, you know, hate everything. But um, <laughs> yeah. But it's all good. Yeah, I mean, that's really it's, what it it's is. Info. I just want to, I mean, it's completely informal and I wouldn't use anyone's name unless they, gave permission i would ask permission to do that so of course it, it'd be uh you know private but uh yeah we need to get a mailbag yeah, show I together would, i think that would be good actually i think i mean we can I, I get quite a few emails every week about certain things but um you know i'd like to really just get a 
and, and a lot of times it's the same people, but um, which is fine. I mean, listen, I don't mind at all. But uh, yeah, I really like to get a kind of a um, a wide variety of of, of um, opinions on what they're. You know, not even it doesn't even have to be a good or bad thing. Just like how, how do you see things? Like how do you see things? Like what Anything. are you excited about? What are you not excited about? What do you think that racing could do better? What about uh, what do you think um, changes that have been made that maybe you don't like or you do like? There's a lot of different ways of looking at it, so I like to hear. So if you got an opinion, please going in circles podcast at gmail.com at Cannon Shell. Uh, you can get out Barry. Oh yeah. At Urban Handicapper, U R B N Handicapper. Yeah. And, Anytime, uh, of course the face like said the Facebook pages and um, the Facebook group. Yep. So always on there. We want to hear. We want. We don't want to be depressed. <laughs> All right. Well, Barry, again, thanks for, thanks for your time, and uh, we'll talk to you later.